What's up, Detroit Sports Betters, and Happy New Year. I am Matt Kowalis from Detroit Sports Betters, and what a week 16 we all had. We ended up going 4-1 on the podcast, and Twitter absolutely killed it. And once again, I cannot stress enough how you need to follow Detroit Sports Betters on each and every social media platform, especially right now with COVID news, with injury news, plays can change by the hour. And Twitter is the quickest way to do that. So one example was last week with my San Francisco 49ers pick as news came out and I found out that AJ Brown and Julio Jones were going to be on the field together for the first time since week nine. Actually, I changed my pick and I pivoted to the Tennessee Titans. So that is why you really do need to follow the Detroit Sports Better's Twitter or my Twitter at Conanis Picks. On either of those, I am going to be giving updates. I switch it up because we do want to grow multiple platforms as usual. But in addition to that, I do like to put it on Facebook as well. But again, the Twitter last week went about 10 and three, hitting on the Antonio Brown receiving yards, which I did put on the podcast as well. They just didn't have the number released. Uh, Kyle Pitts received Receiving yards, Damian Harris TD, Justin Jackson TD, Joe Mixon TD, Raiders plus one, and honestly more. I just can't think of it all right now. But again, guys, just can't stress enough. Follow the Detroit Sports Betters Twitter. Uh, follow the YouTube. You know, obviously most of us are on the Facebook page, I would assume. But again, plays can change very quickly, especially now with the COVID news and stuff like that. Like literally as I was preparing for the podcast, I have a couple fantasy championships, three fantasy championships this week, actually. And one of them has Antonio Gibson. And literally as I'm writing it up, COVID news breaks that Antonio Gibson is most likely not playing. So I have to plug in Michael Carter or go find another running back or something like that. And it just sucks because this team is pretty stout. But it do be like that sometimes you hit the waiver wire and uh, you do what you can. But Detroit Sports Betters right now is 51 and 27 on the year, hitting at about 64%. Again, would love to climb back into that 66% range and even get closer to that 70% where we were earlier in the year. Going to be tough to do, but you never know. Okay. And again, 51 and 27. And I think throughout this podcast, the YouTube series, articles, stuff like that, you guys understand my strategy and how I attack games. You know, going back to Twitter, a lot of us are on Twitter. There's a lot of cappers on Twitter. And with some of these cappers, man, they are putting out 100 to 200 picks and plays throughout the season. To me, that's not strategizing. That's not focusing on your plan of attack and where you can make the most money. That's just chucking and throwing darts and hoping people will follow you. So again, guys, I hope we don't buy into that stuff because you want to be clear, concise, and strategized with your picks. And you'll find this, you'll find my trends again when we go over today. Okay. And in addition to that, guys, I mean, let's take a look at some of the preseason stuff we've talked about. You know, we talked about the Bengals plus 2,500 to win the division. They are one game up in that division. I think they're primed. They should win it. And that was a bet that I took early on this season as well. So hopefully some of you guys took it too, because I mean, from what, I mean, I've been talking about how overrated the Ravens are 
all year from from when they were five and oh until now and they are and it's starting to show i was talking about pittsburgh how overrated pittsburgh was at the beginning of the season and all year and look at them now you know what i mean so i really do hope you guys have picked up on some of that strategy and have been able to make some cash on it too because a plus 2500 bangles division winner that's a pretty nice one to call so again i hope some of you guys got that but before before I get into everything in week 17 picks and plays that we're going to keep this hot streak rolling, got to shout out our newest partner in prize picks DFS. This is a new DFS style sports book. And if you sign up right now using the code DSB, you get a hundred percent money match up to a hundred dollars. And guys, in addition to that, if you saw any of my props last week, the rushing props, the receiving props, the TD props, you could plug all of those into prize picks and every single one I gave last week hit okay uh, other than James Robinson because he tore his Achilles so sadly sadly hate to see that stuff but again guys with prize picks DFS they have multiple payouts you can do the payouts I'm sorry you can do the traditional payout where it's all or nothing or you can do the flex payout where if you lose one leg you still win some money so I'm telling you guys Check out Prize Picks DFS, and I shout out Detroit Sports Betters and everyone in the community because I see you guys posting it. You guys are DMing me, asking questions about it, what plays I'm going to have. And once January 1st hits, you will see a lot more Prize Picks from me throughout the Detroit Sports Betters page, throughout Twitter, and things like uh, things like that. So you can expect that going forward. Again, using the code DSB to sign up with Prize Picks DFS. Now, getting into week 17, okay, I wanted to do the same thing as last week. I wanted to talk a future bet that's really catching my eyes and something that I'm liking more and more as the season is coming to a close. And that is, I mean, I think it might be a little obvious, but that is the Dallas Cowboys at plus 900 to win the Super Bowl. And I know, I know, we are all very, very used to, you know, the traditional Cowboys where they are going to make a mistake at some point in time. It just always happens with the Dallas Cowboys. But one thing that I will say is those Dallas Cowboys of years past have never even close had a defense like this. You know, this defense now has Micah Parsons, who's 100% going to be rookie defensive player of the year and possibly defensive player of the year throughout the entire NFL. Okay, and then in addition to that, they have Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence on that line with him. And, you know, DeMarcus, or Micah Parsons is one of those stand-up outside linebackers who can also put his hand in the ground and rush the quarterback. It kind of depends what scheme they're running on that particular play or maybe even against a particular opponent. Opponent. But even behind that line, they have Leighton Vandresh, who's a great linebacker. And then they have Trayvon Diggs, who, you know, is just when that ball is in the air, he's an absolute ball hawk and he makes plays for his team. Yes, in the playoffs, I do think taking too many chances can put you at risk. But again, these football games that they are, you know, they make or break off of turnovers. And when you have a front four, that is the most dangerous thing in the playoffs. When you can rush four and get to the quarterback, and then you have people back there like Trayvon Diggs, who are ball hawks, it's a very dangerous team. And I haven't even talked about the offense yet with Dak Prescott, who, you know, when he gets on, he 
the dude can paint. He can literally pinpoint, just drop dots all over the field. I mean, he's got his legs. He can extend the play. They have Zeke and Tony Pollard, which I do believe they need to get that run game going a little more. But I mean, then, then you look at CD lamb and Amari Cooper, who I do believe Amari is a very hot, cold player. But when you have that many weapons around you, Michael Gallup, Dalton Schultz, Man, this is a team that is very dangerous. And, you know, the Green Bay Packers, I, I think they're 12 and three right now. I just see holes. I do. I do not think the Green Bay Packers are playing that well. They should have lost to the Ravens. They should have lost to the Browns. This is not a team that to me is, you know, a clear cut Super Bowl winner. I think they could, I very well think this team could be beaten in the divisional round if they face someone like the Cowboys or, you know, a team that you, you have to be ready for. And uh, I also do believe the NFC is pretty open, you know, with uh, with the Bucks, with the Packers. If the Bucks don't have home field advantage throughout the entire throughout the entire playoffs, I think they could potentially be in danger too. Without Chris Godwin, uh, Mike Evans is hurt right now. That Chris Godwin loss is much much bigger than people do realize. So I do think the Bucks are susceptible as well, and I think the NFC is pretty wide open with the Packers. Rams, um, Cowboys, and uh, Packers, Rams, Cowboys, and Bucks, and Bucks. Yeah, so th those would be my four that um, you need to look out for. And of those teams right now, I do think the Dallas Cowboys are being the most consistent, especially on the defensive side of the football. So I do think that Cowboys plus 900 is definitely something to take a look at. But now let's get into week 17 picks and plays. Okay, I do have a good amount this week. I think I have five or six for us, you know, and, and as I've told you, they do vary. Uh, it does depend on the week for me. But this is one where I'm liking a lot of these, you know, letdown spots or the teams who are still fighting for the playoffs. And the first one that we're going to start with is the Las Vegas Raiders going on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. That is a minus seven spread for the Indianapolis Colts. And I will be going with the Las Vegas Raiders at plus seven. First starters, Carson Wentz is questionable to play with COVID-related protocols. And once again, you're getting this Raiders spread at a plus seven right now. If, in fact, he does not play, that might drop down to th like a Raiders three or a Raiders two and a half or something like that. It could truly plummet. And either way, I really do like this Raiders spread. You know, the Raiders are one of those teams who a lot of people sleep on and they can really sneak up on you. You know, the Colts are riding a, a pretty hot streak, winning three in a row and also winning six of their last seven. Do I think the Colts are better than the Raiders? For sure. But as we've talked about, you have to play into those letdown spots. And when you've won three in a row or six of your last seven, there is a chance for a letdown. And the Raiders are definitely one of those teams who can do that. Okay, in the Raiders' last five games, four of those games have been one-score games, okay? So kind of once again, riding into that trend, the, the Las Vegas Raiders do a pretty solid job at finding a way to get to the quarterback. They're okay against the run. You know, I'm sure Jonathan Taylor will get his. But as always, seven is a lot of points. And once again, four of the last five games for the Las Vegas Raiders have been one score games. You know, Derek Carr, 
is still fighting for that playoff position. The Las Vegas Raiders are still fighting for that playoff position. You know, they are eight and seven and the Colts on the other hand are nine and six. So I do, I expect this to be a competitive game. Um, weather will not be an issue. This is in Indianapolis in the indoor stadium and the Raiders play fine generally in indoor stadiums. So, you know, Darius Leonard of the Indianapolis Colts will be coming back. So I'm sure the Raiders will struggle slightly to run the football. But again, this is a Raiders team where sometimes there is no science behind this team. There isn't, you know, like the Raiders beating the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. They're one of those teams that can sneak up on you. So I'm going to ride the Raiders here. Plus seven is a lot of points, especially with a questionable mark over Carson Wentz, who could potentially not play. If he doesn't play, you get that Raiders plus seven and you're sitting pretty. So once again, I like it with Wentz in. I like it with Wentz out. Raiders plus seven in this one. Moving on. We have the L.A. Rams going on the road to face off against the Baltimore Ravens. This is a minus four and a half spread for the L.A. Rams. And as you guys know, I play spots. So we will be on the Ravens plus four and a half in this one. But there is one condition, and that is the fact that Lamar Jackson plays in this game. I'd actually be okay with Tyler Huntley as well. But right now, this is contingent on the fact that Lamar Jackson does play. And I believe he will because last week, from what I have read, he was close to suiting up. This is do or die time for the Baltimore Ravens, okay? And I know a lot of you guys have heard me talk about the Ravens all year long. I said how overrated they are, how you can really scheme to beat them to stop Lamar Jackson. Yes, they've had a lot of injuries and stuff like that, but I do believe this team is who I thought they were. With that being said, though, plus four and a half at home with your back against the wall, and once again, the Ravens have a huge trend with them, 10 games this season, have been one score games for the Baltimore Ravens 10. Okay. So again, plus four and a half at home. If Lamar Jackson plays for sure, for sure, I expect them to cover the spread. And I honestly expect the Ravens to win this one outright. We know what the LA Rams do. We know what Matt Stafford does. Like, you know, Matt, I love you. I love Matt Stafford, but there are just times where he seems like a rookie quarterback and after the Baltimore Ravens got embarrassed last week by their rivals in the Cincinnati Bengals, losing by 20, I really expect Harbaugh to, for one, get this defense up and get them ready to roll. You know, he is one of those coaches who definitely takes this stuff personal. So I do think he's going to come out with a great game plan against the L.A. Rams and Again, this is contingent on Lamar Jackson playing, but if in fact Lamar Jackson plays, I think he has a huge day. I think he has a huge fantasy day for those in, in the fantasy championship and everything like that. So I would have your fingers crossed that Lamar Jackson plays because if he does, love the Ravens plus four and a half, and I like the Ravens to win this one outright. Okay, so please monitor this one until kickoff. You do need to be careful as always. But I like the Ravens plus four and a half at home. And as you guys can see, we are riding a trend, okay? This is the teams with their backs against the wall. And this is one I don't think the public will really be on. So it makes me like it even more. And this is the Cardinals against the Cowboys. Right now, the Cowboys are a minus six and a half spread. And I will be going with the Cardinals plus six and a half. Okay, we know the Cardinals are a team with their back against the wall right now. They lost to the Colts last week. Didn't look that great. Um, it was just kind of a boring game. Couldn't really get much going. 
But again, the Cardinals have lost three games in a row and they know they need to right this ship heading into the postseason. Okay. On the other hand, the Dallas Cowboys, one of the hottest teams in all of football, winning four in a row. Their defense is looking absolutely incredible, making plays all over the field. But when you've won four in a row like that, you are susceptible to that letdown spot, kind of just like the Raiders, what the Raiders did to the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. I don't know if I expect the Cardinals to come out with the victory here. I'm not as confident with a money line play on the Cardinals. They're just really missing DeAndre Hopkins. They're really missing J.J. Watt. And for the Cardinals to cover this spread or to even potentially win this game outright, they would need an enormous an enormous game from Kyler Murray. But with every week that goes by, I mean, we saw that long run that he had last week. With every week that goes by, I think his ankle gets a little better. And this is one of those weeks they will surely need him with Mike Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory. They are going to need him moving around. They're going to need him using those feet. Okay. And on top of that, though, the Arizona Cardinals defense is still playing pretty stout football. You know, they hold the, they uh, held the Colts to, I believe, 22 points last week. Not bad. And do I expect the Cowboys to go out and potentially get 27, 28? Yeah, I do. But in turn, I do expect the Cardinals to put up at least 21 in this matchup. So when you're giving me six and a half points there, um, I'm going to side with that just because, again, this is a lot of points. This is a team that I believe to come out and play hard because, again, their backs are against the wall. They are fighting for playoff positioning, and you don't want to go into the playoffs cold. So once again, I think the Cardinals really get a good game plan going with Kyler Murray. I think he's going to use his legs more than in weeks past. And I think the Cardinals find a way to cover this plus six and a half spread against the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas is one of those teams that can literally look like a Super Bowl winner one week. And then the following week, you're like, yo, who is this team? And I think there's a there's potential that this happens here. So, again, Cardinals plus six and a half in this one. Moving on, moving on. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers at home against the Cleveland Browns. The Pittsburgh Steelers are getting plus three and a half. And once again, as you guys know, I play spots. I play spots. The two teams that I probably talked the most shit about the entire year have been the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And both of them are plays for me this week, because in this one, I'm going to be going with the Steelers plus three and a half. And I mean, how the hell could you side with the Browns after Baker Mayfield turned the ball over four times? Okay. And I understand. I understand the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing absolutely terrible. I feel like they've played pretty terrible all season long, but we have picked some pretty good spots for Pittsburgh this year and definitely won some money off, off them. You know, last week though, they just looked awful in Kansas city, Kansas city absolutely took it to them and they were missing people on top of that. But keep this in mind. This is probably the very last game that big Ben Roethlisberger will ever play in Pittsburgh. Okay. It's against the rival in the Cleveland Browns and they're getting three and a half. You know, if there is a game where the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to come out, they are going to play hard. The crowd is going to get behind them. Mike Tomlin is going to try and get his best game plan possible for big Ben for the Pittsburgh Steelers going against the Cleveland Brown. You know, it's just, it's tough not to get behind that. And three and a half, too, when it's a Steelers and Browns game with a low total, 
you know, I'm going to ride that all the time because this is one of those games. I don't even know if either team gets to 20 points. And if I don't believe either team is going to get to 20 points, then I'm going to take the team getting plus three, especially plus three and a half with that hook. I will take that all day, you know, and then again, storylines matter in the NFL. I mean, look at Devontae Adams last week when he had like, uh, I think it was like ashes from his dad in his jersey or something like that. Like the dude went absolutely crazy and got in the end zone. You know, I love playing those narratives. Narratives matter in the NFL, in the NBA, whatever it may be. That's one thing that you always want to try and research and get a background story on. So again, with the Pittsburgh Steelers this week, the Big Ben storyline, just a a little bit of everything going into it. You know, they got absolutely smoked last week, looked terrible, still somewhat in playoff contention. You know, I'm sure Mike Tomlin doesn't want to have his first losing season ever. So again, I like the Steelers plus three and a half here. In terms of a money line play, I don't like it as much as I do the Ravens, but I do think it's a solid spot if you wanted to maybe potentially sprinkle something. Uh, Again, backs against the wall. Browns look terrible. Baker Mayfield looks terrible. Yes, they should have won that last game. Yes, they should have ran the football going down the field. But at the end of the day, when your quarterback is throwing four interceptions, like someone like tweeted at me and was like, how are you going to blame that whole thing on Baker? Blah, blah, blah. Like, dude. Everyone in America understands that Nick Chubb probably should have ran the football right there. But when you are a coach in the NFL, high school, little league, whatever it may be, you don't call a play thinking your quarterback's going to throw an interception, let alone four interceptions. Okay. When your quarterback turns the ball over four times, you own some of that blame. Okay, that's just how it goes. The coach and the quarterback are tied together. When the coach makes a play call and it's a passing play, you never expect an interception to come. So, yes, I do have to put a lot of that on Baker. But again, I do agree they should have been running the football with Nick Chubb as well. But again, not even really what I'm talking about. We're talking about the Steelers and the Browns. But again, I like the Steelers here at plus three and a half. I just think, you know, this Steelers team does have some weapons. This defense isn't close to what it used to be. But, you know, it's just one of those games, rivalry games. You get up for them. You think it's going to stay close. It's going to be a low total. Big Ben's last time in Pittsburgh. I'll be on the Steelers plus three and a half. Moving on, moving on. We have the Denver Broncos facing off against the Chargers and the Chargers are minus six and a half in this one. And I will be actually be going with the Broncos plus six and a half. And you're noticing, like if you've been uh, listening to all the plays, every single play is an underdog thus far this week. I think everyone that I have is actually an underdog this week. And again, I just like playing these spots. And this is a game that just absolutely comes down to matchups for me. The Chargers suffered an awful loss at the hands of the Texans last week. And if you guys remember, I was talking about how bad that Chargers defense was. And I felt like they were so bad that even the Texans couldn't could move the football on them. And they did, you know, Rex Burkhead had like over a hundred yards and two touchdowns. That's how bad this Chargers rush defense truly is. And what is the one thing that the Broncos do very well? They run the football, you know, with the two headed monster of Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. I think once again, the Chargers are going to have a very difficult time. They cannot stop the run. Therefore, they cannot stop the clock. They cannot control the clock. So from the get go, they are playing from behind. And that's a very tough thing to do. 
Yes, the Chargers are far more explosive on offense. They have a way better pass game, but the Denver Broncos also have a great pass defense. Like they're not bad anywhere on defense. They're not exceptional anywhere. I mean, pass defense, they're up there. They're close, but even the rush defense is pretty solid as well. So when you're giving a team like that plus six and a half, able to run the football, they have the two headed monster and the Chargers by far worst thing on defense is that rush defense. I am going to side with the Broncos plus six and a half here. Yes, I understand Drew Locke is playing over Teddy Bridgewater. That is a tough thing to like try and figure out, okay, where, what is the drop off there? Is there a drop off? I don't know because they're so different in terms of passers. Like Teddy Bridgewater is dink and dump down the field. Be very, be, uh, very careful, controlled, concise. Drew Locke, a little more wild. His arm is somewhat erratic, accuracy issues, but much more of a live arm. He can throw up probably 60-plus yards down the field. If the run game gets going and you can work that play-action game into it, then there's potential to have plays, you know? And they do have good good wideouts. And um, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, honestly, they should be better than they are. They need a, they need a new quarterback. But – with that being said, you know, all of this kind of adds up to me taking the Broncos at plus six and a half. I think Javante Williams will get it going. I think Melvin Gordon will get it going. And I think this Chargers defense is just too bad. If the Chargers get into the playoffs, this is a first round exit team. This, t- this defense is just, it's just too bad. They need to completely revamp it. They need to get free agents. They need to hit the draft. They, I honestly believe it's one of the worst defenses in the league. And when you're that bad that you can't stop the Texans, Rex Burkhead rushing the football, then I'm definitely going to side with the Broncos plus six and a half. This is a Broncos team that also beat them, I believe, 28 to 13 earlier in the year. So this team knows how to play the Chargers. And again, getting six and a half, I'm going to side with the, I'm going to side with the Broncos here. And here we go, guys. This is going to be the last play of the day. Oh, we've already had five. Wow. One, two, yeah, three, four, five. All right. So this is going to be the last play of the day. And this uh, this play is going to be the Minnesota Vikings facing off against the Green Bay Packers. And for me, I am going to be on the Vikings at plus seven here. Okay. Um, Again, This is the Minnesota Vikings just play teams very, very close throughout this season. Every single game this season for the Minnesota Vikings has ended within seven points or the Vikings have won outright. And I'm going to continue to ride that trend, you know, and on top of that, I don't believe Green Bay is playing that good of football. We just talked about that. You know, they should have lost to the Browns. They should have lost the Ravens, two of those games, you know, or the Ravens one, you know, you can't allow a team to come back like that. You need to close out games better. And the Minnesota Vikings are a team that play. They play Green Bay very well. They're generally close. They beat Green Bay earlier in the season. And I think one of the biggest mismatches here is actually Justin Jefferson. You know, it seems like or it appears like he's been an absolute mismatch for everyone that he's played. But last last time these two teams played, Justin Jefferson had eight receptions for 169 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, I still think the Packers have trouble guarding him. You know, and I think this is just one that's going to remain close. Like I said, every single game this season for the Minnesota Vikings has been within seven or they've won outright. You know, that's a pretty crazy statistic that they haven't really been blown out or they really haven't been able to blow anyone out the entire year, especially with the roster that they have. You would think they'd have one game where they just, 
absolutely click, but you know, who knows? Um, but again, back to this game, Packers Vikings, you know, the Packers are 12 and three. They've somewhat been coasting along and they are due for that letdown. And they've, it's been very close back to back weeks, Baker Mayfield, four interceptions in green Bay, and they have a chance to win the, to win the game at the end. And again, like I said, questionable play call, but when you make a play call, you don't expect your quarterback to throw an interception. It was a brutal interception, but it was also a missed call. If you guys can recall the, uh, the referees, you know, they just blatantly missed it. And if it was another quarterback, if it was Tom Brady, if it was Aaron Rodgers, whoever, I'm sure it would have been called. And it probably just wasn't because it was Baker. But again, with that being said, I do just think the Packers are due. They're due for a letdown spot here. And do I think Packers win? Yeah, I do. I do. But Vikings getting seven, I'll take that as well. But with that being said, guys, that is it for the picks and plays this week. As always, you have to remember these picks and plays can change by the hour, by the day, whatever it may be. So you do need to monitor yourself and check the Detroit Sports Better's Twitter. Okay. There were two other plays that I did like, but I didn't want to dive into. There's just too many this week. And I was, I was uh taking a look at the Bills minus 14. I thought that was interesting. And then the Dolphins plus three and a half. I also thought that was interesting, but did not fully dive in. So if those two are games that you might like, feel free to check them out because those are ones that I'm going to be diving into as the week progresses. But with that being said, let's recap everything that we have this week. And we have the Las Vegas Raiders going against the Indianapolis Colts. We will have the Raiders plus seven. We have the Baltimore Ravens facing off against the LA Rams. The Ravens are plus four and a half. We will be going with the Ravens there. And I do like the money line sprinkle as well. We next have the Dallas Cowboys going against the Arizona Cardinals. We will be on the Arizona Cardinals plus six and a half. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers at home going against the Cleveland Browns as a Steelers plus three and a half. We will be with the Steelers in Big Ben's probably last game ever in Pittsburgh. Moving on, we have the Denver Broncos plus six and a half going against the Chargers. We will have the Broncos plus six and a half. And then lastly, we have the Minnesota Vikings going off against the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers are at home in that one. That is a minus seven spread for Green Bay, and we will be going with the Minnesota Vikings. And that is it, guys. That is it for week six or 17 of the Detroit Sports Betters podcast. I cannot believe how fast this season has gone by. You know, and we're, we're closing in on the playoffs, and it's one of those things where you get so excited for the playoffs, but in the back of your mind, you're like, shit, Football is almost over, and I will most certainly be shedding a tear when that day comes. It's a sad day, but I am also excited to get back into the NBA. Some of you have reached out asking why I'm not doing NBA, and we've just been so successful with the NFL, and the NFL has taken up so much of my time in, term of, in terms of writing, in terms of the podcast, in terms of the YouTube. It's just very tough to do multi-sports right now. And, you know, like when we're hitting at a 64, 65, 66% rate, I don't really want to switch it up because again, guys, you go look at other people on Twitter, they're hitting at like 55%, 50%, even lower. Okay. And I, I just want to keep this going. I want to have a nice win percentage above 60% when the season commences. And, you know, I want everyone to be up a good amount of units and, at the end of the day, you know, again, we're doing strategy. We're doing sports gambling education as well. You know, a good mix of everything. 
So again, guys, I truly appreciate you guys tuning into the Detroit Sports Betters podcast. It means the world to me. Please continue to push the Detroit Sports Betters name. Tell people about the podcast. Tell people about the Twitter. I think we're four followers away to getting to that 3,500 mark. So again, would really appreciate your help and support and spreading this name because we really do work hard to try and give you guys the best information possible. And as always, guys, I am Matt Kowals from Detroit Sports Betters. Please have the best new year's possible be safe out there and have a good one guys i am out